Hello and welcome to Next Steps for Business. So this week I thought I'd talk about negotiation and it's given me an idea to look to bring some guests on who specialise in these sort of areas but I thought first of all I'd have a run through of a couple of reasons why is negotiation so important or what's it all about? Surely as a business owner, all you've got to do is just bang the desk, shout a bit louder and you have your own way. Well, funny enough, it doesn't work like that, does it really? So let me start off with a simple dilemma. There are two people working in a moderately small office. One of them really loves fresh air. It helps them stay invigorated. In fact, if they don't have it, there's a good chance that they could drop off to sleep. The other person who happens to sit by the window, suffers from the cold a lot. And in fact, if you were to open the window, the cold wind's going to be blowing, it will give them a stiff neck, they're not going to be happy. So one person is negatively impacted, it's cold, it will have a negative impact on them. The other one is the complete opposite, they finally need a bit stuffy, they need the fresh air, what do you do? Well, this is where negotiation comes into it. There are a number of options that you can start to look at. Can we have it so that the window's open whilst the person who sits by the window is out of the room? So the, the certain bursts of fresh air that come in, will that meet all of their requirements? Could the person who is away from the window have a small fan fitted on their desk? And although it's recycling the same sort of air, at least they're getting the feeling of the freshness. Or a third option is it possible that they can actually have a window open in a room adjacent to them with the door open or whatever? And that way then it will avoid the person by the window being negatively impacted, but the person that needs the fresh air for it to come in. In that scenario they're painted, we will have something similar, be it not always arguing over the window open. We will always have something that we'll have to look for the opportunities to negotiate with the other person now obviously out of those two individuals if one's a very dominating character and the other one is less so then you're going to be in a position where one will probably end up winning let's just say the reason why that person is sat by the window is because they're the boss and the other one isn't of course there was a fourth option that they could swap places so we're going to come across these type of scenarios whatever we are here's another sort of area that um, negotiation is, is important. For SMEs, salary increases. It is not uncommon if you are an employer, you will be approached by one of your staff that says, look, I could really do with some more money. Alternatively, if you are employed, you could be the person who's going to go to your employer, to your boss or your manager, to ask for a pay rise. You've done the maths at home and the salary isn't stretching the full month. You're finding that you are in deficit or whatever else. So therefore, you feel as though you, you need more money. Or you've been working at a firm for quite some time. You've built up some great skills. You're performing above expectation. Shouldn't you be rewarded? Here we are. We've got the scenario where the one side would rather keep it as it is to maintain current forecasts for the profit margin the other side needing more more money in order to to meet other personal objectives 
So there can only be one winner out of this, can't there? Well, from the employer's point of view, if the person is performing better than you're expected, you've already been winning on that front for a while. You'll typically want to retain that person. And you will also be in a position where what will it cost you if you were to lose them? So performing a simple review of how uh, this could have an impact on you. Again, this is something that you'll need to negotiate between yourselves. From the employer's side of view, you'll be wanting to see how much you can afford. You'll know the value that that person is bringing to the organisation and to be able to reciprocate by paying them the right amount of money then you can start to review that. From the employee's point of view, you'll know, or you should know, when you're going into the talks, of what you're really looking for. If you know that an organisation will always pay 80% of what you ask for, then obviously you'd normally go into talks at a higher rate, knowing full well that you're going to have to compromise somewhere along the line. The likelihood is that both parties will have to compromise somewhere along the line. So what's the key art to this sort of negotiation? Both sides need to see it from the other side's point of view. Now, in this particular scenario, if the firm is strapped for cash, it doesn't matter how much they rate this person, there may not be the sufficient budget to be able to pay them. So how much do you confess that to your employee, if you're the employer? For the employee, you need to be aware that an organisation, especially on the SME side of things, may not have infinite resources, may only be just getting by. So you need to look for opportunities or ways that you can help the organisation gain more money to be able to pay you. Just because you've worked there for a year, three years, five years, does not entitle you to having money just given to your hand over fist. Conflict with customers. There will be times that you have received complaints from customers about your products or services. Additionally, you as customers will have had shoddy goods. The trainers that you bought fell apart after a couple of weeks. The laptop that you purchased just doesn't meet the spec that that we were told that it was going to buy. The gas board didn't turn up when they said they would do, and they've let you down three times. These are all areas where conflict is going to happen. So before you make that phone call or write that email, etc., is think through thoroughly, what is it that you really want from this experience? What is the end result? What would make you content? Now, in the situation where service providers, you need to get in and understand what the customer is actually asking for. Is it for you to have to go out and make a home visit? and resolve it that way? Is it a case of returning the goods? This is an opportunity, believe it or not, for you to be able to excel, even though there's a problem, or, of course, you could end up making things a lot, lot worse. And that does come down to the way you handle the client. Now, sometimes, as a company, you will find that you'll get ridiculous requests back. A friend of mine has a holiday letting business and he said you would not believe that some people have gone in, broken glasses in his holiday let, then complained saying that there weren't sufficient glasses for the people who were staying at the property 
and that they wanted a portion of their holiday refunded. Now, the fact that those people had actually broken it and then complained saying there was insufficient glassware is somewhat unfair. But the customer themselves, for whatever reason, and this is, I've only heard his side, of course, is seeming to be somewhat unbalanced in the nature. Obviously, there are some people out there who will always try to exploit a negative opportunity. But wherever possible, and hopefully you're starting to pick up the thread that I've been going through on this, is that what we're looking for is moving towards the win-win. So in the situation where you've got a negative customer, you have an opportunity to turn them around. Now, in the instance that the gas board have failed to turn up, is there something that the gas board can do? It does obviously depend on what the purpose of, of the visit was supposed to have been, but is there a chance for them to be able to turn this around? The fact that you've experienced a problem with your laptop, the manufacturer has the opportunity, or the reseller has the opportunity to make that experience as painless as possible. I've experienced a number of different organisations that have really taken those what could have been negative experiences and turned them around so they were such a great experience that I can think of nothing better than to, to reuse them and purchase from them time and time again and become a loyal customer. I heard a great story from somebody that I used to travel a lot with. They noticed that I'd got Bose headphones and they were saying, oh, aren't they great? You know, good quality, although they're very expensive for a set of headphones. They're really good quality. They then went on to tell me about a story that they had a pair of Bose headphones and they accidentally damaged the, the outer case and having used them uh, literally every day for about 18 months, the outer foam started to go. You know, this is the bit that sits on top of your ears. So they contacted Bose and sort of said, look, outside my guarantee, so I'm not expecting you to, to do anything, but is it possible to purchase some new cushions so I can refit them to my headphones? Bose replied, Obviously, the person wasn't even complaining, but Bose replied with, give us your address, we'll send you a, some packaging, put your headphones in there, send them back to Germany, we'll refurb them and send them back to you. And they didn't charge a penny for that. And so the person did, within two weeks, they were returned, refurbished. They got new cushions and they'd even replaced the one case where he dented it and they came back like new. Now, the fact that he told me what a great customer experience that he'd had, I and the other person that was with me at the time were impressed. It reinforced the beliefs I had about the product. And now, obviously, I'm telling you guys, from one experience that could have been negative, you know, the guy wasn't trying to, to exploit the organisation. He just simply wanted a little bit of help, i.e. to get some new cushions. And they've gone on to do that to far exceed the whole experience of, of what they were expecting. That could have turned into sort of conflict where the chap could have gone, oh, I can't believe this. Uh, the headphones have gone after 18 months and blah, 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 and I spent so much money on them. Instead, you've got a physical product provider who has gone above and beyond. It probably hasn't cost them a large amount of money, but what a difference for that customer and a number of others. You could actually do that with your customers. You have the opportunity of, rather than reacting to their anger and everything else, is to get them to just slow down, 
and for you to understand what the issue is. Are they being reasonable? And if they're not, then in a calm tone, you can then start to explain to them about why it's unreasonable. Perhaps they're expecting a service far in excess of what they've paid for. Because at the end of the day, you need to obviously stay in business. But to be able to portray this in the right sort of format. Negotiation is also used when you're looking at sales. Now, this could be out to working with your customers or your suppliers. Because at the end of the day, you are customers to other organisations. You obviously want a good deal. Doesn't matter which side you are on at this instance. You want a good deal. But again, this is where we start looking for the win-win. What's reasonable to be able to ask for. And that's the sort of thing that I think we need to really make sure that when we're negotiating with sales, is to start to understand what are the problems for your customers. So if you're a service provider or a product provider, what is it that the customer needs? Let's get to the the core issue here. What is it, what's their business itch that you're going to help them scratch? And you need to, to be able to review what is it that allows them to be able to say, right, okay, be it to the, the sponsor or to the decision maker. Right, look, you said that your limit was 15000 We've costed it at 17000 Right, can we afford to do this particular one for fifteen? Now, it needs to be understood on both sides that the follow-on work will not necessarily be discounted so heavily. It still needs to be reasonable, but if you can gain that repeat customer, then it suddenly becomes worthwhile. If, however, the customer turns around and says, well, well, you did it last time, then you know that the customer is not being fair and reasonable. And that's when, again, it's a case of it's time for them to start understanding your point of view. If they're only going for win-lose, then sometimes it's not worthwhile going ahead with on the sale point of view. Remember the old adage that not all business is good business. There will be some businesses or some business that you will take that you know that you're doing it at a discount. But if you believe that you're going to be able to get some follow-on business, an old phrase I used to hear was, you gave a sprat to be able to catch a mackerel. And that's great if you land the mackerel. But if you keep giving away lots of sprats and all you end up with is one mackerel, you're losing money. You are looking to try and play catch-up over the overall period. Negotiation will also come in in your personal life. There will be things that within the family, with your neighbours, with your friends, where you need to start thinking about negotiating. If you've got children, you'll understand that there are times when you have to negotiate with them. They want to go off and do a particular activity. Uh, Sometimes you can afford it, sometimes you can't. Maybe something that you really don't like doing. I know over the years I've done certain things that I, I didn't really want to do to help support the children. But what I look for out of those sort of things were what was it that the child was, was gaining from it and was it helped strengthen our relationship? From the children's point of view, they have to accept that sometimes they have to go on that long walk or go and see that relative or whatever else. More often than not, that during the experience they end up enjoying it. It was just their preconceived ideas. So again, this is something when it comes to negotiation that you will have to overcome is preconceived ideas. 
I mentioned that when you go into a negotiation, you need to have an idea of what will make you happy. Because sometimes, depending on who you're discussing this with, they will literally turn around saying, okay, what is it that you want? And if you can't clearly and concisely confirm what you want, then you won't be happy. And that's the true art, really, isn't it, when it comes to negotiation, of recognising, you know, what is it, what's that that thing that's going to make me happy out of this? So the root of this area of negotiation is understanding what will make you happy. That's your win. But then start to get into the bottom of what is going to make the other party happy, their win. And how you marry those two up. Now, often it will require a little bit of thinking outside the box because sometimes the solution will not be straightforward. I mentioned at the beginning with regards to the window situation and I still love that whole idea. Well, why don't we open a window in another room? I think that's brilliant. It will provide everybody with what they want and no one loses out of this sort of situation. I was on a a neighbourhood call last night and we'd had a joint venture uh, somebody being empowered to go off and, and start performing a, uh, something for the neighbourhood. We'd all got an indication of timescales and costs. The person had taken a lot longer to do it, but it wasn't life or death, so so there was no great shakes. But we all knew roughly what was going on. We could see some of the activity. And then last night they explained, right, it's ready to go into production, into operation. And they said, right, here's the costs. And I personally was floored at how much extra they'd spent. It was well over double the original estimate. And there were a number of different reasons for that. And they started to explain and this, that and the other. But again, straight away, we're into this almost horse trading of, right, well, look, uh, you know, you can't do it for this, that and the other even though they'd originally estimated it for it and they decided that they would do this, 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 which wasn't on the original spec and blah, blah, blah. But what was really interesting was that the biggest thing that the person who'd done the work, after we got over the shock of the initial money, the biggest thing was that they'd put themselves out to be able to undertake this particular task and they'd received complaints from some of the other residents. The bizarre thing was that all the residents knew what was going on. Uh, We'd had meetings with communication and blah, blah, blah. A couple of the residents had decided to boycott things and uh, they were the ones who'd been quite vocal. And it's the, the usual scenario of if you're in a position where you've got a collection of people who haven't elected to live alongside each other, like pretty much all residences, There will be people who won't necessarily get on with each other or whatever else. And I can honestly say where we live, it's very harmonious at the vast majority of time. But the important thing was, of course, is that despite the, you know, putting the money to to the one side, the fact that this bloke who comes over as hard as nails clearly was quite upset with the fact that people had had a go. He tried to do a community feature to enhance people's safety And yet he was getting all these complaints and the council had been involved and blah, blah, blah. And I remember, you know, listening to him and the thing was he he wasn't helping himself because he'd gone off and done other things which had drawn some negative uh, feedback. 
that weren't helping the local community. And as far as he was concerned, he was an honest guy. He was only just trying to help. And he didn't understand why he was drawing all this flack. But it's the usual scenario. If you do things in isolation and you're not keeping people appraised or explaining if you've diverted from a particular course of action, it's going to draw some sort of negative impact from certain people just because it shows. And again, this is a winning part of negotiation. It's communication. And that's the fundamental part of just trying to get through all these different items. If we look at the window situation, we look at the employee-employer around the salaries. It's around communication. With customers, you're trying to do a sale. You don't make sales without some sort of communication. Now, obviously, sometimes you can overdo it. Lady W had a particular parcel that she'd ordered, and she must have received four emails to saying that the purchase had gone through, that um, it was being picked, it was being put on the lorry, it was in the lorry, it's to be delivered at a certain time today. And then she had ones of, right, have you received it? What did you think of it? And I think she had another two more or something. So she got up to about nine or ten emails just to purchase one item. Now, obviously, that then starts choking people with just too much attention. So you need to make it proportionate. If you are undertaking certain projects or you're trying to negotiate with customers or whatever else, there needs to be a regular communication so that you understand their requirements. Another key item on that is how do they like to be communicated with? The employee-employer situation, that often works best face-to-face. But sometimes some people feel intimidated talking to you face-to-face. So they prefer you to communicate via phone or email. When you're looking at negotiating with a customer, if it's not the purse holder, then it's not uncommon for people to want to have it in writing so that they've got their own notes that they can go to the purse holder within their organisation and saying like, look, here we are, I've got the estimate for this piece of work or this particular product, can I spend this sort of money? That way they don't have to rely on their own notes or in case there's any gotchas in the delivery. Be aware of that type of communication when you're, you're working on your negotiation. Another key part about negotiation, and that's going to be about keeping a level head. Often, the other side can be pressing buttons on you and they either know it deliberately because that's part of their negotiation tactics. Sometimes they'll do it and not realise. So it is down to you to be able to try and stay calm, get to understand the what's important to them. Sometimes get them just to spell it out. Don't be frightened to ask the question, so what is it that's going to make you happy? And if it's unreasonable, you know, you're allowed to say, well, I'm nowhere near that. So what can we do? And start to try and work together towards the win-win. So I hope these thoughts around negotiation have been another little help when you're negotiating. And recognise negotiations when they're happening as well, be it with the customer or whatever else. Just take a second and have a think. You know, you're going to come across that in the next day or so, pretty much guaranteed. And it doesn't matter what that scenario is. You will come across different types of negotiation and see if you can get to what is it that they really want? And is that something reasonable? Is that something that you can provide? 
So have a think about that, guys. Have a great week, and I'll catch up with you on the next one. I've got a really exciting guest next time. So I look forward to speaking to you then. Until next time, be safe and keep on keeping on. Need help running your business better? The new Next Steps online course is now out. Follow our steps for success in your business. Please do use the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any new episodes. You can also visit us at www.nextsteps4for.biz. Send in your questions and any feedback you have to info at nextsteps4.biz. Otherwise, you can contact us through our social media. You can find us on Facebook at Next Steps for Business. You can also find us on LinkedIn at Next Steps for Business. And you can follow us on Twitter at NS4Biz. That's NS, the number four, biz. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be.